You're listening to the CLE Foodcast with Lisa Sands, the place for delicious conversation on local food and the people who grow, cook, and share it. Here's Lisa. Thanks, Bill. Today's guest is Rosie Galaz, founder and operator of Pachamama Kitchen and Garden in Lakewood. The restaurant features a small plates menu with nods to French, Spanish, and South American flavors and cooking styles. Rosie herself is a dynamic fusion of cultures, though she hails from Chile, and we talk about that in our conversation. The CLE Foodcast is presented with support from Chef Douglas Katz and the Katz Group of Restaurants. Leave a review for the CLE Foodcast on Apple Podcasts during the month of September, that's 2023, and you will be entered into a drawing for a $50 gift card to Zug, Doug's fantastic Cleveland Heights restaurant. I'll pick the winner and notify them by October 5th, 2023. Be part of the team to help alleviate hunger. Taste of the Browns presented by NOCO returns Monday, October 2nd. This special event celebrates 25 years and has a lot of great things in store for you on location at Cleveland Brown Stadium. It's a night of fantastic food and drink from very generous local businesses. 2023 event honorary co-chairs are none other than Brown's Pro Bowl guard, Joel Batonio, beloved former Browns player and 2023 Hall of Fame enshrinee, Joe Thomas, and sensational chef Rocco Wayland, owner of one of Cleveland's hottest downtown restaurants, Fahrenheit. So tackle hunger with me. I'll be there and I hope you will be too. Get tickets now and find out all of the restaurants that will be there at greatercleveland.foodbank.org slash taste. Or, you know, just Google it. Even better, follow the Greater Cleveland Food Bank on Facebook or Instagram. Back to today's episode. Pachamama Kitchen and Garden was an idea birthed during the pandemic by partners Rosie Galaz and Will Norris, who also grow a lot of the seasonal produce served at the restaurant. I bet you're also ready to learn the origins of that name, right? Well, let's dive in. Rosie, I must confess, once I felt more confident with it, I just love saying the name of your restaurant, which is where we are today, Pachamama Kitchen and Garden. Did I get it? You did. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Welcome. Oh my gosh. That was such a nice connection we made right in the door. You hugged me. I did. And I had a feeling you would hug me. And I was... (laughs) And I was ready to be hugged. Um, I feel your energy and your cheerfulness, and um, it made me feel great. And I think that's what people get when they visit here, right? I mean, that's that's what we hope. Um, Pachamama is uh, is uh, it's my second baby. It's uh, my dream, my American dream. It's my legacy. It's my mother's legacy, and hopefully, you know, my great grandmother and all the women before me and all the women that are coming uh, along in the world. So it's it's a big purpose, I believe. Well, Pachamama means something special. It does. Earth mother. And so when I sit in this place and the tour that you gave me, we talked a lot about natural materials. We talked a lot about the origins of things. Mm -hmm. We talked about trees that you grew, things that you planted. There's photos on the wall. So your ancestors and people in your family are watching over you in this space. What are you trying to create here? What does what do all of those things bring to Pachamama? And as 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 you say those words, and every time it happens, I choke up a little bit more and more and more. Um, this this was a dream of a little girl that grew up in a farm, 
in Santiago, Chile, so very far away, and um, that that was just in love with cooking. You know, I was with since I was three, so I started doing that with my grandma and my mom, and I knew that this this, and I've always known. It's just kind of like a knowing, and sometimes hard to explain for people that don't have that or feel that about what they do. I always knew that this was what I was going to do. There was never a B plan. There was never a different option. There's still not a B plan if this, you know, somehow doesn't get where it needs to be in the first year, but we will do anything and everything to get it there. In my life, it has never been a, a second option, a B plan. I knew I wanted to be around food, around people. My family constantly gathered in the kitchen, you know, Chilean, Hispanic family, 20, 30, 50. Mm. You know, the older we got, the kids, the marriages, the bigger and greater and louder the family got and more blended with different people and different spouses from around the world and therefore mm. different recipes, different drinks. I love different- that different everything people sometimes restaurants say they're f- like fusion but you really are fusion in the most genuine meaning of that word thank you right yeah I think it's I mean one of the most important things for me and being and doing this for so long was to keep it honest I remember clearly and it's such a big thing in my life is that bearing wheel I, I mean I knew with that dream that that was going to be the showcase and the main piece that was going to stand in my restaurant I don't know where mm-hmm. I don't know when mm-hmm. but it will be you said you dreamed it I did. It came in my dream when I was trying to figure out what we were going to do with COVID Mm -hmm. and the farms and the farmer's markets and nobody was buying and the world was shutting down and I was not going to go out like that. Mm -hmm. There was something that we could do. Failure in my family is not an option. And we just had to adjust our sales. I just wasn't sure what that adjusting would be. And so... 40 was was coming up, you know, a couple years ago, and I'm going to be 40 in a couple of weeks. And I said to myself, Rosie, if by the age of 40, you don't open your own spot, you don't do what you need to do. You don't showcase what you're so proud of Mm. and what this means to you. And you have learned, you know, and and be married and be married to another French chef and French technique and and seeing so many things and being from so far away. Um, I had to do it or I was going to change my career. At 40, I was going to go back to college Mm -hmm. after 23 years of just this. Wow. And I was going to change. What would you have done? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was never a B plan or an option, but that was the threat to myself. If you don't make this work, that's it. Well, it's good to have a plan B, but it's also good not to need it. Right. Right? I mean, that's truer words have never been spoken, honestly. And that is so funny because it was never a B plan, still there's not. But I, I guess it was a goal and it was an accomplishment. And it was kind of a deadline, right? When you do this for so long mm-hmm. for other people, and you always, as chefs, we are certain particular kind of people. We are type A's and strong and determined. And sometimes, you know... This is what I tell everybody, and I think a lot of restaurateurs and chefs agree. It takes a certain kind of crazy. Yeah. The hours, the stress, the pressure, the juggling, the family, the relationships, the lifestyle, the, the, the words, the pressure, the constant evolving, and the never staying stagnant. You're mm-hmm. just as good mm-hmm. as your last dish. Yeah, it's a resiliency. I agree. And a flexibility. I think what's interesting to me is as I got to know chefs, especially when they were younger in their career, you might go somewhere and cook French cuisine. You 
might get fired or you might get fed up or right. you just go on and then the next thing you might be doing are Spanish tapas and then you're going to, maybe you have a stint in your career where you're like doing some burgers on a flat top. You just, you evolve, you react to the moment and then you sort of move on. I think that's a great trait and I think that's why a lot of chefs were able to get through COVID. I think that, like, I would describe us as chameleons, you know? We mm-hmm. just blend in and we just, we're resilient and we have to do what we have to do. Um, and I think that's a personality trait that probably all of us chefs in this community, men and women, and many others share. Um, it's, 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 for me, you're only good as your last dish. Uh, you're only good as your last review. People are always going to review more negative things than good things. You better be prepared for that and um, be ready. You were talking just a few minutes ago about the wheel. Now you're sitting there staring at it and I know what it is, but why don't you describe for the folks uh, listening what that wheel is on your wall? So that is the very wheel that- We have a little friend that just walked in. That is Maximus. He family owned business. Maximus Norris, my son. Oh, hi Maximus. He is seven. He brought some snacks. He's ready. Yeah. Okay. Oh, thank you. I can call you Max. Thank you. All right, see you later. Family-owned business, and it's such a perfect moment right now because of the wheel and because Max just walked in, uh, and my partner, executive chef, Will Norris. Mm -hmm. Um, The wheel for me, it's the legacy. The wheel for me is the purpose. The wheel doesn't just keep me and keep us honest. I come from a place where the electricity was running through water to make a house work and to turn on the stove. I mean... That is where I come from. Um, And here, you know, 20 some years later, my son walks in through Pachamama, which is my restaurant where my wheel is hanging. And I look at him and I look at the pictures and all I can think and all I can see is, I am so glad that you're here. And Mm -hmm. I am so glad that, and honored that I am your mother and that you chose me and that Mm -hmm. I get to tell the story, not just to you. And then when I, you know, and when I, and when I go, I hope that you're proud of me. And I hope that you continue to tell that story because that is part of who you are and where you come from. Yeah. Will you do it? Yes. I know he's shaking his head. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about the origins of that wheel. You have already said that you grew up in Chile. Mm -hmm. I can't think of anything more dreamy or idyllic than an avocado fig and lemon farm. I'll be really honest with you. Um, One more more Chilean than that can I get. Um, We had plums, avocados, and lemons. Mm -hmm. It was a really, um, not, not, not too big. It had a, you know, a river running through it in the, in the back. It was kind of like just like a family place where women just gather and worked. And I remember watching people work so hard. And um, I remember, the one thing I really do remember and I'm really proud about is um, everybody was so honored and so proud to just have the integrity of this vegetables, you know, this herbs and all these trees and they were taken care of with such kindness and we mm-hmm. were we were so proud to have a piece of land where we could grow something that mm-hmm. we could make a living and also be able to feed our family mm-hmm. so that was extremely important to me and then when I started growing up and seeing the the struggle I really realized how strong you had to be to be one of these women and to be one of these families and to be able to make it happen and what that meant for me and what that meant for me was you need to become something for yourself, out of yourself. This is unfortunately not going to be the place to do it. You are going to have to go somewhere else, and you are going to kind of have to leave those roots planted by carrying them in you so you can show the world. And I know that these sound, because they sounded to me as such a huge, had huge dreams with such huge purpose. You know, and people say, 
Don't shoot for dreams are so high that you're not going to be able to accomplishment. You know, start small. And you're not wired that way. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, and, and it brings heartache. And I think for people like, you know, us, the passion and, and the intensity and the emotion in every dish, the emotion in every drink, the emotion of the legacy and what I really have in this in my belly, the fire. It is also one of the things that when days are not so great um, and when business, for example, is not so great or COVID happens, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. it hurts. It yeah. hurts more than the regular individual. I think us as chefs and, and creators of any, you know, genre mm -hmm. carry this passion that it's either or both our best friends and our worst quality. And I am 100 percent that person. Oh, I like the way you said that. Cause I think that's a great way for people that have this, um, you know, whether it's a struggle or whether it's just sort of this duality to them. Mm -hmm. Um, I, it's like, you know, some people like I'm a, I'm such an extrovert, but I also need to be alone to like rest and process yeah. oh, all of the interactions. Like oh, I, yes. I am, I feed off people. I feed off the energy of people. I bet it. you do too. Yes. You feel it. But I need to rest from that. And I don't think like, let's say, um, what, like 30 years ago, 40 years ago when we were younger, I don't think people recognize that. Mm -hmm. I don't think like that wasn't a psychological thing that people talked about. Right. I know. Yeah. You're so right. it, it's kind of interesting. And I think that we were just talking a little bit about being an you know, approaching midlife and kind of stepping into your, into your fire, into your purpose. Um, now we're able to talk about those things in a different mm -hmm. way. And we realize that it's really universal and it's not just for women, men experience oh, it too yeah. in a different way. And it's such a taboo thing, you know, yeah. and it should be something yeah. that we should really talk about because I really feel that that is really important. I do the same thing that you do and you know, it's, it's, it's exhausting and it's draining and it's as exciting and empowering and fire as it is sometimes, you know, that downtown that I need to shut down, mm -hmm. be by myself, be able to replenish mm -hmm. and, um, get it out and, yeah. and start all over again. And sometimes that's not easy, right? but well, it's the reality of who we are. Well, and one of the things that is apparent to me about you is that your essence, your personality is all through here. I, I, I bet it's all through here even when you're not physically here. But I think when you're physically here, <laughs> there's an energy and a heartbeat of this place that I, I think it's because it's so connected to where you came from, which I want to segue into the menu and the food. You just mm -hmm. made me a beautiful drink um, and you, you made yourself a beautiful I drink. Did. So we're, we're day drinking a little yes. bit and it's great. <laughs> um, so you made me something, I, you asked me about making something with gin. I'm really, my mind went to a certain place and this is not anything like that. You made yourself a vodka drink that's very different than it's light. It's clean. Um, it's of the earth. There's um, it, but it's, Thank but it's, you. but it's not fruit. It's, it's not fruity and sweet. Thank but it's you. also fruity and sweet, but more in a natural way. Everything's natural. It feels very natural. Thank you. So, you know, pretty glasses are a thing of mine in front of house. And, and I guess for me, going back to that, is um, the presentation and the, and the romanticism of dining. This is one of the things I wanted to bring here was bring back the romanticism of dining. Not turning them and burn them. Not out the door. Spend time. This is a place of gathering. So gather 
and 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 drink up and make memories and eat tapas and, and and tapas and drinks for me are just conversational pieces because I saw them as conversational pieces in my family in mm -hmm. my life. This is what I love to do. So all of the syrups that we have in house are made by us, grown by us. Um, and I think that I, I think on, of drinks as much as I think in the same way that I think about dishes. So salt, fat, and sugar. So mixing those. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I use crushed ice because as I am a, a, a stickler when it comes to drinks. And I couldn't stand for so many years having rocks glasses. And there's so much water in the top and they never mix properly. So one of the things that I decided to do was just to strictly be the restaurant that has that. Mm, I, I really liked it. I was watching you. you as you went and got that crushed ice. And I was, you know, I was curious, but um, this is so pleasant. I also feel like drinking, we, I don't know, like the trends say that we're drinking more mm -hmm. and drinking maybe a little bit too much as a culture. We put a lot of weight on it. Mm. This is um, so light. And mm -hmm. so you're enjoying, I would say, the nicest qualities of the alcohol, the taste of it, mm -hmm. not the boozy, heavy, you know, and I, so I think that I'm guessing if you have some tapas with this, you're you're leaving here, you're feeling good. I could you could go work out after this. Oh yeah, and absolutely, or yeah. not, or not. Um, no, because I'm, I'm not not that I would suggest such a horrific thing. But um, and and you know the wine list, but um, so all of the the cocktails that we create in house are always going to be pairing well, which is kind of like the whole point with our menu. Our menu it's very limited. Some people say nine, 11 items, what's, what's, what's going on? Well, everything gets according to harvest. Mm -hmm. So the majority of the ingredients that we have there, chef has really prepared um, and put a lot of intention. Again, we both have a lot of intention in every single dish, in every single drink. Yeah. So yeah. the ensalada chilena, it's tomato season. You're not gonna see that in December. Um, it will vary to something different. The choripan, it's a you know, Chilean staple with a French twist, mm -hmm. both French chefs. Mm -hmm. The prosciutto deviled eggs, a family favorite. Um, it happens all the time. It is in every single holiday we've ever had. Wait a minute, what was just brought to me? Oh, you have to Chef tell just me. brought to you the ensalada chilena, so heirloom tomatoes. Oh my gosh. Pickled um, lemon rim, Spanish onion, everything gets marinated, oh. organic, cilantrillo, parsley. I smell Olive it. Olive oil, I want lemon. to smell like this. Thank you. And, but again, conserving the integrity of the ingredients. It's not sauced up, it's not overly, it, it, you know, truffles here and there, a little tiny bit. But again, the important thing of Pachamama, Mother Earth, our vision is conserve the integrity of the ingredient and let it show. Mm, holy cow. That's why 11 things, that's you why. Grew, you grew this, these tomatoes right. too. Oh my gosh. Um, this is a dish of the moment, which you really can only have for like probably two more weeks until exactly. it's over. And exactly. I'll be sad about that until next year. But again, in, in, in reference to what you mentioned and that Will and I have worked so hard for with the wheel and I stare at it all the time, mm -hmm. keeping it honest. Mm -hmm. You will see tomatoes only for the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. Keeping it honest, because that's that that means so much. You're, you're not going to see tomatoes in December, and we wouldn't trade our tomatoes, you know, just because of who we are for anything else. Yeah. And this is who we are and what we do. And and something like a papas fritas, you can have all the time. Exactly. And that's sort of signature, but that's the thing that you were saying before. People expect, you hear tapas, you think of beans, you think of dough, 
I think you think of some tomatoes. You might think of little stuffed things. Mm -hmm. And you think of Papas Fritas, especially if you've traveled. Especially if you have traveled. And I think that it was really important for me to say I'm South American. I'm Chilean. We have a big Mediterranean and Spaniard influence. We are not from the Caribbean. And we can also be women and men that elevate the stature of cuisine. Chile is in the map. Chile is in James Beard's. Chile is in the Food Network. There are many, many, many chefs that are making it happen. People do not really know about Chile. They don't. I, I don't know about Chile. <laughs> I was thinking about that too. I've, I've traveled to France. I've been able to travel to France. I have not traveled to Chile. Um, and now, you know, I might want to, but it, well, because it's actually, it's winter in Chile. It's becoming, it is. I mean, no, actually they're, well, they're, and they're, they're going to be summer as we go into winter. Absolutely. Which that is, is kind correct. of mind My Christmases yeah. were summer. When I came here with snow, I'm completely confused. <laughs> I, I still struggle with that, with cold Christmases, but anyway, um, keeping we're, it, so yeah, yeah, I mean, the farms are important. The lemons are important. Mm -hmm. Chile is, you know, we're, we're South American, but we're Spaniard and we're French and there's a lot of Japanese mm -hmm. influences. Mm -hmm. I mean, my great grandmother. Kobe, Japan. I mean, ah. so my dad will make, you know, sushi. And, and we just knew that we were eating raw fish. And our salads from home had kikoman soy sauce. And then I just start kind of bringing all these things and thinking, with this dream and this thing, I really need to show people. And being in the States for 20-some years that we're so much more than what meets the eye. And I have something to say. And not just something to say. I want a little girl from anywhere in the world that it's going to be able to look at this place or look at me or look at the story and say, she might have been the first Chilean in the room in Cleveland to do it, but she won't be the last. And um, it is not easy. And if you're not ready to have blood, sweat and tears, don't do it. And nobody can take a dream away from you unless you're willing to give it away. No matter how hard or how many times you quit this job and you go in the bathroom and you wash your face, just don't stop. Just don't stop. Tell me a little bit about, well, okay, wait, I'm going to interject for a second because you, <laughs> you had me at breadboard. Come Did on. Did you? I mean, breadboard. Oh. Truffle honey. So, so what is the breadboard? Because that, again, you could change that seasonally to some degree Absolutely. if you wanted, but bread is bread. Is bread culturally, bread. was that always a centerpiece of bread, the table? It is always a centerpiece of our table and it's usually baked fresh. Um, Will and I have had a really good um, marriage in terms of the relationships that we have with food and what we're able to create together. So he brings a lot of his technique in mind. And we just kind of have merged into this 103, 110 sometime year old recipes mm -hmm. that we have tweaked out together throughout the year. So breadboard, I mean, keeping it simple, right? And at the same time, again, keeping the integrity of the ingredient. Bread, cheese, meats, wine done i mean for yeah those me, are like my favorite things for me that that could be all day every day i remember sitting on the steps as a student in, in chile with a bottle of cabernet a baguette and queso cabra and just sitting there with four of my mates and enjoying mm. nothing in it and it's very french and it's very spaniard very mallorca barcelona so that has to be on the board it's what my my parents and friends it's what we did mm -hmm. what we did to celebrate was eat and drink. Mm -hmm. You are a trained chef, so obviously at some point you left Chile. Did you train in Chile? Did you leave home? Left and, home, okay. left home, came here, Pittsburgh University, and then some places in New York, and then traveling around, um, working. Mm -hmm. So, um, Louisiana, 
New York, Chicago, Chicago for the longest time. Um, and in Chicago, it was when my career veered from back of house to front of house. I decided that um, I, I was a little burned out, to be honest. Mm -hmm. and, and Me Too wasn't there yet. None of that was there yet. And the, the respect and, and the conditions were not great. And even though I was that woman that wanted to make a difference and change and be in the kitchen, um, I realized that I was just tired of fighting a battle that was probably not going to change, to be quite honest. And so then I also decided that I have a big voice and I wanted to be seen, not just through the food and through the passion of that, but I wanted to say something. I've always felt like I have something to say for some reason. Mm -hmm. And, um, I and started, the voice to say it. Thank you. And, the, and sort of the, the, the chutzpah, the balls. The grit, yeah, <laughs> the balls. I like that, that's my language. Now, I mean, because women in culinary, you know, you meet... Um, like Jill Vita, Jessica Parkinson, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of Rochelle us. Murphy. There are people there. Are, we have some great female chefs we here. Do. And um, I mean, but we start with, of course, yeah, the one of them all. But um, well, it, I was just recently at an event and I saw I saw Jill and she was cooking and and I said it was it was a large fundraiser event and, and women chefs were relatively underrepresented and she kind of made a joke like you know yeah because there's only like two of us and she rolled her eyes because like there really aren't it's just a matter of like um you know wearing my like marketing and pr hat right of now course. right it's it's more like share of voice it's mm -hmm. more like who's getting the coverage who's getting the attention um and it does seem like the the boys have it you know a lot which you know it's one of the things that I like to do with this podcast, you know, which is letting people tell their story in their own words. It just comes out differently than it is yeah. on paper. It does. You know? and I mean, I am very, you know, I used to be very sad about this, but today I'm not. This was a very hard project. This, this is a dream, but I learned that without action, it's just says a dream. It doesn't become a reality. I know for a fact that it was harder for me and it's harder for every single woman, not even, I mean, adding on to this play that I am a Latina immigrant, um, it was much harder for a guy, a chef, a male with a white coat, mingling with his tall hats with other friends, we're not going to have it as hard and that's true. Um, and, and I've said that in every single place that I get a platform to speak, yeah. uh, that is something that I believe it has to change. I didn't have the same access as everybody else's financials and bankers and exposure and press and, and it, who you know and what you know and what you do. And a lot of us are not judged, which drives me crazy by our skill, which is what we should be judged by. It's by who we know and who we're friends with, or if you're a guy or a girl in this industry, that it is still male-dominated. Yeah. It has not changed. And that's where a lot of the money is. That yeah. is where the money is. And here in New York, Chicago, or Louisiana, it is a click. I, I have realized that. And one of the things every time I have a platform to say something is, I know how hard this is. And I know how heartbreaking this can be. Mm -hmm. And within us, girls, chefs, mm -hmm. that mingled together. Yeah. I was just recently at an event myself and there were only two of us and you know what I mean? And we look at each other and it's that sense of knowing. I see you, you see me, we see it. But to be one of those women and be represented and be there together to try to make it a little, a little bit more equitable, Yeah. it's important. 
Yeah, you're thinking about the next generation. I am. Yeah, I hear you. I hear that in your. That is the purpose. I want somebody to come in here one day and say, or my son or myself, I want to leave this place. I live. And I know it sounds dreamy, but it's who I am. I want to leave it better than I found it. Mm-hmm. Just like when you borrow a shirt from your sister or your brother and you give it back clean and smelling better, not like whatever <laughs> they were you doing that night. And I want them to know that I was here and that I was able to hack it. And, and so maybe they can be inspired and motivated because I am so motivated by other women mm-hmm. that I, I know what it is to have a rough day and put something on and feel like, <sighs> yeah, I'm going to do it too. What do you have to look forward to with the changing of the seasons? What kinds of things are you thinking about? Are you are you at that point now where you're t- starting to talk about the menu for fall? What might be added? Well, I love soup so, so, so much. So cremes, I think, are on the menu as well. Fall is one of my favorite seasons. I am a super fan of patty pan squash. I know that we have so many beautiful of them, sweet and different colors at our farms. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chef and I share a love for those. Mm -hmm. So I love zucchini. I love yellow squash. I love truffles. And we have some Mm -hmm. imported little black truffles coming from Chile, Mm. from the south. Interesting. And Yes. And I try to showcase as much of that as as I possibly can. So expect a lot of stews, expect, expect a lot of soups and tartelettes. Tartines, tartelettes, sweet and savory, um, spicy, but everything will change with the season. The other thing that I would love is having tastings for seven courses. So what we're going to do is wow. I'm going to start in the flo- on the fall, seven course, um, p- pitty pan squash, all zucchinis, all things, farm fresh fall full harvest winter harvest and just mm-hmm. kind of get into mm-hmm. kind of get into the cocktails get into those you know tasting get into those tapas or conversational pieces for a seven course mm-hmm. uh, for people that really want to try again one specific ingredient that can be molded and in, in, in oh, shaped right. in so many different variations of sweet salty and fat let's connect the restaurant to the farms a little bit yes uh you you talk about three farms uh, I know one is out in Ashtabula County, yes, if I remember. two of them. Two of them. Yes. And then one started out, like, it's, hyper-local. Oh, it's so crazy. So, Will and I bought Old Brooklyn, uh, um, 2000... 15 mm-hmm. and we've begun growing this vertical gardens and we started just going crazy because you know farm dude from columbus meets farm girl from chile that's how i discovered you when you were i mean the <laughs> tomato guys and i was looking and i kept looking and thinking like what exactly what exactly are they doing yeah and then you started to do the dinners and we some did things like we that. started to do what's for dinner wednesday a tour around the world mm. and so every single wednesday we will have a different country we will showcase our ingredients you know consistency at a reasonable price again for everybody and um we started and then the what was really cool is that we started to see the tomatoes cross-pollinating and creating our own and i was like this is a tomato guys we have 37 different kinds of micro tomatoes 100 organic we know what's going into our body it's like ensalada chilena's main ingredient tomatoes it just like boom it just made sense and um we had over 150 pounds of micro tomatoes on the first tier. It was just insane. Mm. And uh, they got 13 feet tall in our houses in 1908 in, in Old Brooklyn. And there's photographs that I could see these vines going through the balcony, one of the balconies wow. that would go into my office. And I was like, this is something that needs to be showcased. And we started doing garden walks and again, 
I would talk to anybody that would listen. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know anybody from it. I mean, I was a stay-at-home mom with Maximus mm-hmm. because he was only three and a half. Yeah. And I was planning on going back to work. And I'm like, no, we're going to do this our way, showcasing this my way. It really was just your garden at first. My go- it was our garden yeah. at first. That's all we did. And then, you know, of course, being who I, I can't stand still, I think it's the creativity and that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. We all have that where it's just so life and death of the moment that I just started creating, 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 and just I just, I couldn't, I, I can't stop. I could never stay still before. I can't stay still now. If I'm not creating, if the menu, it's not changing. Uh-huh. It, it, it's, 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 I, I don't feel like I am giving it my, my full potential. Um, I don't want to be stagnant. Mm-hmm. I want things to change because I want them to be honest, because I want to showcase the ingredients that are in harvest because it matters because that's what Pachamama is all about. Yeah. Right. She's a, she's this woman that took me eight months or nine months to create. That is my first tattoo ever. That it's extending her arms onto the world with this tomato vines are growing, right. and and she's you know twirly you know just into the earth and into the and into the roots and the calendar of the progress of life and death, of life and veggies and and and, and products and processes and this calendar of me of life and. She came to me and she's holding on to the world and trying to reach out mm. and conquer. You're in an awesome phase <laughs> of life. I'm really excited to be here to witness you in it. You're inspiring me. You're inspirational. I think creativity takes a lot of different forms. You know, for me, it's bringing people's stories to life in a different way. It feeds me. It, I hope it feeds other people. For you, it's, you know, connecting your roots to this place and introducing Cleveland to Chile and to this amalgam of um, cultures that mm-hmm. is like lives within you like it's crazy I mean and it's like <laughs> a, a, it's you, threw the, you threw in the Japanese before and I was not expecting that I was <laughs> like wow um, I must have missed that gene just the ice a little bit you know but uh, no it's it's I'm, I'm I I always felt that I had a mission and I don't know if that makes sense to a lot of people, but it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I knew that I had something to accomplish. Yeah. I wasn't sure exactly how or what or when, but I knew that, that, that there was a mission. And I think it's because I grew up with women that were so strong. I come from a long line of strong women that told me, mm-hmm. you need to become something out of yourself because that's your purpose. This is it. what you need to do. We couldn't do it, but you need to do it and not just for you. And it gives me chills. And I dream about them and I see them on the wall and they're the most important thing. And, and, and then throughout the process of all of this, I learned that the purpose is the next generation. The purpose are the next batch of women that are mm-hmm. going to wake up and say, I want to do this. I don't know how, when or where. I know it's going to be hard, but that was the message uh, for the little boys too, my seven year old to, to know you know, the mom was a boss and, yeah. and, and, and he sees me crying and, and he sees me struggling. But there is a sense of respect. Oh, I think it's a, I think it's so important for kids to see parents toil and yeah. work hard. And that's how the, you know, the work ethic. I think that's where it gets instilled. You know, yeah. I went to graduate school when my son was like in 11th grade. So I would come home from my work, you know, make a meal, which I felt was very important. Yes. Uh, I felt I had a very traditional upbringing where mom was pretty miserable about it because she didn't really have a lot going on in her life. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want that to be me. But we always had a meal. It was a very, you know, three or four things on the plate, the whole thing. 
So I, that was ingrained in me and I wanted yeah. that for my family, but I only had one child because so it was, I. it was easy. I mean, I could manage one and still have things for myself. And then when I went to school, you know, um, my son and I would be doing homework at night, you know, together in different rooms. And it was kind of funny, you know, to, to both be having, uh, I think it's beautiful. No, it was, it's inspiring. Like now, actually. now that I look back on it, it was, it was a pretty, uh, like I, I think to myself now, you know, a decade later, man, how did I work that hard? But mm. when you want something, you do it. Right? Yeah, it, it, it just, you know, I look back now and, and a lot of people have asked me this, you know, 21 months of putting this into motion and all that. How did you do it with the 16 hour days with the phone calls? I remember I will not stop dialing that phone to because it was COVID. You couldn't show up with cookies and shake a hand and get a card and get a name. So phone call. Who do you know that knows this and knows that? I will hear the story about mm -hmm, that or who mm -hmm, and when and mm -hmm. where and how. And um, I will be super exhausted. And, and, you know, there was Maximus and but. It is all a blur right now. It is <laughs> sure. all a blur right now. And I just know that one day, um, I mean, this place was tore up. I mean, it was a dance studio. The dear Evelyn loved water. She's a 1905, um, you know. And um, again, everything was so intense because the Evelyn is a you know female name. Pachamama, female name. I made a huge connection with the building. I used to sit down on the concrete in the winter with no heat when the roof is coming down from water damage and, and, and you know, sage it and put some, you know, pennies in the corners. <laughs> that's when I put them on that. And, and, you know, like, come on, girl. Hook a girl off. Just stop, stop the plumbing. Come on, you Evelyn. Know? Oh, come my on, gosh. Evelyn. Don't mess this up exactly. for me. Exactly. And, oh. and then, in, oh, FYI, in the fall, the Evelyn cocktail coming to you from Pachamama Kitchen and Garden. She's been, she's been great lately. Um, Evelyn but, deserves it. Exactly. Honoring the space, honoring, honoring this woman, honoring the, this woman. And, and again, this man, mm. Chef Will um, Norris II, that's a big name, has um, one thing that I really am thankful for and is embracing and um, supporting this, this, this crazy Latina little girl, you know, with these ideas and these dreams are bigger than herself or bigger than her voice. And saying, okay, well, you know, these, this seems a little crazy, but maybe we can do this. And embracing my culture, my dishes, my recipes, my ancestors, and more than anything, that duality of, of passion and, and, and suffering that we have in this industry. I can't think of any... <laughs> better way to end this podcast um we, we we easily could talk for like four hours but we'll have to do that yes. more personally rosie i just i want to thank you so much for sharing this origin story of pachamama kitchen and garden and of you and of your family i'm so glad maximus walked in when he did because it's very much a part of your story uh, i it's such a unique concept it's welcoming and warm and uh you're at 15027 madison avenue you're on Instagram and Facebook. www.pachamamakit-.com. Got it. So you can check out there. And I want you to come in. I want you to bring a small group of friends, bring some girlfriends, do a double date night, and enjoy this beautiful space. And I guarantee you, the welcoming feeling here is going to bring you back in every season, if not more often. Rosie, so nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Muchas gracias. Thanks for coming in. Muchas coming gracias. Together. Muchas gracias. A tu. Ati, that's Ati. right. Muchas gracias, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. The CLE Foodcast is a project of Fork and the Road Productions. My sound engineer is Bill Connors. And coming up on the CLE Foodcast, I partner with the Ashtabula County Convention and Visitors Bureau to get you ready for fall weekends and day trips. 
Ashtabula County has so much to offer, from scenic covered bridges to a vibrant lakefront nightlife to a fantastic local food scene, plus farms, orchards, and wineries. Keep an eye on my social media and look for that episode later in September. Until next time, stay hungry, be kind, and always, always set a bigger table.